search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, BBCers, to episode number 96 of the Broken by Concept video and audio podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Whole Mix, the number one solo queue podcast in the world, dedicated to helping you get better at solo queue and having a healthy relationship with the game and everything we talk about this podcast because it's just, oh, we love League of Legends, yeah. First things first, Curtis, I want to shout out someone in the BBC universe, because, you know, we talk about the BBC yep. universe and the Marvel, you know, Avengers universe. Yep, yep. <laughs> Dr. Jordan Sai. Okay. He came on to episode number 66 of our podcast, where yep. we talked about the more physical side of, okay. of gaming and esports. Yep. Shout out to him. He worked with EG for, with the, over the, across the weekend. Um, they obviously won in, uh, is it Houston, Texas? Okay. Great. They went three and zero, and they yeah, really cool story. There's a little clip I'll, I'll show you here. This is them in the um, in the green room doing some uh, some some warm ups. Yeah, the... yeah. This, I'll show this. Okay. I'll show this tweet. So that's uh, that's obviously Jordan there, and his um, you know in the green room for people listening on audio. Right, obviously, right, right, right. you know they're warming up, doing some wrists, some loosening up the neck, doing some some wrist exercises. And I think it's just really great to see that. Like that's really important in terms of high performance. You know, like preventing injury and stuff you know you know it, league's not just sitting down 15 games a day playing the game you know what i mean you know you know how you know how when we go to the gym and it's like on a monday and, you know we, have, we go squatting and squats and stuff and you always like notice like nathan you're so tired on your first day it's just because you know you sit on the chair too long and you just it's just not good and you have people you know that we talked about like people like uzi on that podcast you know his his career's done he's, he's in his 20s early 20s but his his wrist was fucked and that it was the yeah. end of his career you know so this sort of stuff really important shout out to eg for doing that you know and look you know that's obviously a huge part of their preparation yeah for sure you know warming up the physical side you know we talk a lot about warm-ups in this podcast um it's really cool to see it's awesome to see so shout out to him if you want to check out the episode episode number 66 we talk about the uh the physical side to gaming making sure you're not you know, going to injure yourself with some carpal tunnel syndrome, your wrist yeah. or something like that. And just the importance of, you know, physical well-being for high performance in League of Legends. Shout out, Jordan. All right. First topic here, Curtis. Uh, had a bit of a conversation over the weekend in my Soul 2 Discord, the Jungle Academy. Hands not connecting with the brain. And the way I answered this was, uh, well, I wanted to explore this because I thought maybe you would Elaborate. have some, uh, you know, some... Uh, but basically, you know, he's got the problem where he like, you know, he thinks he has the right idea with things, but he just fucks up the execution, like skirmishes, all that sort of stuff. And um, I mean, I've, I've had this problem. I think I had this problem significantly uh, when I came back to the game, especially, you know, you know how you always would say like, Nathan, you these games, you got the right idea, you just can't mm. fucking execute it. Mm. And, you know, I was trying to think, well, what's the reason for this? But I, I really feel like I couldn't speculate on anything. I could think it could be a multitude of things. Mm. It could be intensity. It could be like you maybe you're overthinking things just way too much. I think that that's what it was for me. Like I was like trying to be like, oh, they know that I'm here. So like there's no way I can pull off this gank. But like I'm not thinking about like the actual wave and that sort of stuff and skirmishes. Like I'm mm. just running around. My clicks are sloppy. It could be, yeah, like uh, mechanically, you know, it's like you have the right idea. Like the way you think a skirmish is going to play out in your mind. You know, you just like fat finger something or like you just move there or you don't th- account for something else. Um, so I really struggled to really answer this question. Like, you know, what does it mean? Or is this actually, is there actually some things deeper here that we're not getting into that maybe that's like a surface level problem? You know, we talk about, um, you know, getting, there's, there's maybe something behind this question, but, um, 
Yeah. So what, what do you think there? Yeah. Okay. What do you reckon here, Curtis? Have you dealt with this? Have you? Okay. Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's investigate. So funnily enough, I had a session this morning uh, with a new client. I believe it was, is Edwin. And we talked about, we spoke about the difference between um, misexecution and kind of not even having a chance in the, in the first place. Um, and I feel like this ties onto that a little bit. So, all right, we, we, I think we got to really clarify um, what the, the, the problem is and use a specific example and then kind of extrapolate from that one example. So I'm going to use an example from a mid lane perspective and then we can use an example from your perspective and see if they differ, if there's any differences and, and let's get, get granular here. This, this example here with Edwin was where he was playing Karma mid into a, uh, into a uh, Katarina mid. And uh, the, he did like this slow build, you know, he had this strategy and then he uh, got a little bit complacent. Um, he didn't realize it at the time. Katarina threw a bouncing blade through the minion. He got hit by uh, the, the Katarina was able to shampoo onto that dagger, um, you know, get those conqueror stacks up, autoed him. And then he, as a response, shielded, used his E, pressed his W, used his Q and then ran away, right? And then he stayed in combat, but like autoed once or twice. And then as a result, Katarina's shampoo's back up. Katarina then shampoo's onto his face behind him and then gets chased down the lane and he dies. Yep. Right? Yep. And he used, he threw around the term misexecution. And that I was said, his like analysis of it. It's like, okay, this is just misexecution. Well, yeah, it's very easy to write that off as misexecution, isn't it? Because mm. it's like, oh, I just auto, I, I shouldn't have gone for that extra auto, right? I don't know what I was thinking. I shouldn't have gone for that extra auto. What I said was, this was not misexecution at all. You, you were always going to make this decision because you don't actually understand Katarina as a champion. So if, you, if this was misexecution, what it would look like is that you would know that Katarina can do this and then you genuinely misclicked. You genuinely, like uh, that's an example of a type of misexecution. You genuinely fat fingered a, a click or a key. You accidentally clicked forward instead of clicking backwards. You clicked a minion instead of clicking away, whatever it might be. And then that resulted in a, in a differing outcome where you overstepped when you didn't want to. But he was always going to make this decision because he fundamentally didn't know how Katarina worked yeah. to a granular enough level to anticipate that. Because that's... Anticipation was reaction. Exactly. So, so he was reacting, Spot wasn't on. he? And yep. the moment you're reacting in League of Legends, things go bad, really. That's like, right. Like the game should be 90% anticipation. Yep. That's what it is at the highest level. You know, you're just anticipating what things are going to happen. And things take you off guard and then that's where people get... The, um, it's harder, obviously, the higher level you go to take people off guard because they expect it. Right. Um, so that's exactly right. So, yeah, that makes a lot that's of sense. That's not ex mis-execution whatsoever. It's now, pure let's, reaction. Let's, let's now tie this to maybe one of the examples you used before, which was saying, okay, there's a gank potential. So he's, say he's hovering in tri-brush. Top side, he's on red side, he's hovering in tri-brush. And he sees like the, there could be something happening top, but he's contemplating whether or not he like resets or not, right? I'm assuming that's like the situation you're talking about. He then decides to go for the play. He was like 50-50. He goes for the play. And then misses a maybe maybe something Lee Sin. He like uh, jumps onto a minion with his W and then misses the Q. And then you review that and you're like, oh, oh yeah, if I hit that Q, um, maybe we win. And then like I, I missed it and now we die. And then end of review, whatever it might be. It's very easy to again instantly write that off as, oh, I just missed the Q. That's just mis execution. Let's just move on. 
let's back it up here a little bit. Let's before we write that off as misexecution, let's let's really back this up a little bit. So, um, league is a game. And I'm glad you brought this up, by the way. Is that you need to know a lot of. There's a lot of very small pieces of information that need to be learned over a long period of time that bolster up your skirmishing ability in a way. Um, and what I mean by that is like, let's say um, I've had this conversation with 610 uh, off camera, uh, off, off call separately with him. And we're, we're saying how um, Diamond Plus in a way, or like Master Plus is all we're doing is we're getting all these little pieces of information so that like next time we interact with these champions, we know what to consider. So sure, like you can theoretically label that as misexecution, but I don't like to think of it like that. The way I like to think of it is like, what what specifically here did you not consider? What did I miss? Like, what variable did you miss here? Yeah. Like, what did you miss? Mm. So let's say you're playing Lee Sin. Let's 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 actually do two alternate realities here. W's onto the minion. Genuinely thought that the Gwen he was versing didn't have the dash or something, right? And so he threw his Q, thinking that it was down. That's what I would call a genuine. That's just un, that's noise. That's that's genuine misexecution. It's it's like it's just like it's like a blunder in a way. It's like oh, I didn't know that. I thought she had already yeah. used it, right? Yeah, the, maybe, the intention was the correct. intention was it's correct. Like, if this guy didn't have the E, yes, this is the Q is correct, the W is correct, everything's correct. That's very different to doing that exact same play, not considering the dash whatsoever, and just blindly queuing or going in panicking, you know, panicking and then blindly throwing it out. They're like three different alternate realities, isn't it? But the the learning is very different in each and every one yeah. of them. One it's might be same, a psychological... It's the same play, but there's a lot that... There's a lot, could, yeah. yeah. So one is like a psychological learning, like you need to remain poised. And that comes down to lull states and being free flow and that, and think, you know, not thinking. Um, the second one is the straight up game knowledge, game knowledge and yeah. just, just understanding how champions work. Hmm. And third one is genuine, you know, a genuine blunder. And that's like, whatever, just like move on. Like, this is unlucky. Um, or it could be a camera panning issue or something like that. You weren't looking at the lane enough. So soaking enough information that you got to be even careful there, right? Like that could be a trend. Maybe the jungler isn't panning in his camera enough and then isn't, is missing too much information. So when he goes to the play, he's like on locked camera looking at his character on the way to the play and then misses the dash, right? They're all varying types of misexecution, aren't they? Mm. Like there's an umbrella term as misexecution, but like it could be things. many, many things. Yeah. Another example from a mid lane perspective is um, where, you know, what we were referring to before is anticipation, right? Anticipation is a massive thing in League. When I look at a skirmish with a client, what I tend to do is ask them a lot of questions leading up into that point. How are they using their lull states? So I talk from a midlander's perspective, are you assessing the key threats? Are you identifying like what the wincon is? Are you identifying who's strong and who's weak? So when that, when, when that play happens, when that skirmish happens... You're already primed in terms of where to direct your attention and, 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 and how to weigh all that information. Like if you're versing a very fed Zed and then he postured up for his WEQ combo in that skirmish, you're going to be shitting yourself if you're no, no armor and he's really fed. That would be like the first thing you're thinking about out of base. That's right. But let's say if you're versing a... Well, let's say uh, you use the exact same example. Let's say Zed again. Yeah. But then he's 0-3 yeah. and you have like armor. Like yeah. it wouldn't, you wouldn't value you're, that. You're thinking more about like pushing him or shove and then roaming or something like that. Or you're just straight up that. in the skirmish, heading into the skirmish. You're not going to value you're that, that Zed. You're not going to care yeah. as much. Like yeah. who cares if Zed throws a W onto me? I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to shit myself just because he throws that WQ onto me because I won't do any damage anyway. So that impacts, right? How you use your lull states impacts how you perceive information and how you interact in that skirmish. So, um, and it's very important to distinguish here. You don't think when you skirmish at all. There's no thinking There's no, to be yeah. done. If you're relying on thinking, yeah, the thinking needs to happen before. It's you all in think lull about, states. Thinking yeah, only happens in lull states. What's my role in the fight is the question you're asking, right? And, and, and just calibrating, what I call calibrating, which is like, what is happening? Like who, like, who is fed? Who's weak? What's my role? That's that, that simple, right? Like, just calibrate. What abilities do I need to dodge? Who, wh- is there a specific champion or ability on their team that completely counters you that you need to, like, keep an eye on? Yeah. Like, you know, you're playing in a mobile mage and they have, like, a like a Camille or a Kha'Zix or a Hecarim. you got to, like, keep an eye on that. Where the hell is the Hecarim? You know? And then when the skirmish comes... It's all anticipation. You're already looking for that. You're looking for that one member. Where the hell are they? So mis-execution can sometimes stem from a lack of lull state usage. They can. And that's where the anticipation comes in. That's where the, that's where the anticipation stems from. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't understand how chance fundamentally work and what that champion's mindset is like, then you're not going to be able to anticipate. It's always going to look like a mis-execution type It's always going to look like yeah. that. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, like you could just label it as that whether there's, there's more there. But that's a massive piece of learning. Mm. A massive piece mm. of learning. Does that kind of yeah, make I, sense? Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, now that you explain to it more, I mean, the hand's not connecting with the... The brain, I mean... Oh, that's a, that's it's, it's a weird one, it's, isn't it? Because it, 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 then you think, okay, well, what happens, what happens if it's the era where you know where everything's going to you know, happen? And you still make the You mistake. still fuck it up. That, I mean, look, I, I, think we, I think everyone watching this podcast has had days where they have that. You're Their just hands not feeling, are just you're feeling just, you're rusty. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to deem... I don't know how to, like... <laughs> I don't, we don't have a word to describe yeah. that but yeah. I know what you mean sometimes it feels like I'm playing in slow motion like yeah. my, I can't get my hands to do what they want to do and I think that's a case of more a la- like you do got to figure it out in your warm up like, warm up yeah like, like you should know stuff. that like you should already know like heading in like how you feel when I'm on the PC I already know what you're gonna you're like I can first, already tell the first couple of waves you already no, know no 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 like before I, I'm, I'm literally really? the client I can okay. tell how can I tell. feel yeah I already know I'm I'm honest if I'm honest with myself that's because I'll of your warm up no warm-up like as in like let's say headspace? I'm on the computer right yeah and I'm ready to play leak and I'm deciding how much of a warm up do I need to do mm. do I need to spend X amount of time doing whatever sometimes I'll get on and I'm thinking, I feel like absolute shit, especially in winter for me anyway. Like it, I sometimes do have to spend a disproportionate amount of time on low dodge game or whatever it might be to get my hands working. Um, sometimes my hands just can't work. And then sometimes I know to myself, and this, this might be unique to me, I don't know, where no amount of warm up will ever get me to where I need to be. And I just say, screw it, I'm going to send it because I need to get games in anyway. I'm just going to play anyway. And I know that everything's going to be at 80% capacity or like 75% capacity. And I don't know what that is. And I, I, I don't know. I still try to yeah, figure it's, it out. Yeah, it's, it's, that's like woo-woo stuff. Yeah, right? like, yeah. It's like, but it's people in my Discord, I think Niall had a chat to me about this where he had that problem and he just took the day off. Yeah. He's like, I know I can't play today. Yeah, I don't just, know what it is. It's just not the day. Yeah, and I, I don't know what that is. So that's a very different problem. Though. That's, yeah, that's that's maybe what your your client is potentially referring to. But that shouldn't be common at all. That should be like a a very rare occurrence. Like if that's a common problem, then there's probably more at play there. That's a, probably a stage three type problem, like some sort of psychological thing at play there. But it shouldn't be common. Um. 
adding on to this a little bit, um, while we're on the topic of getting granular and what we mean by that is like those little details with champion specifics like how the how your kit interacts with another kit and understanding the mindset of a specific champion you're versing right um and and i'm assuming you go deep on this because in junglers you need to really understand how that person is thinking and feeling how the enemy jungler feels and you probably talk about now you're coaching correct um yeah what they're looking for what they want to do right and especially when it comes to skirmishing that really helps with anticipation understanding yes. what it would feel like to be them mm. Um, someone asked me, uh, Curtis, how do you structure your reviews when you have learning objectives, but you feel like there's all, there was like a lot of learning there to be had, right? Let's say, you know, you have two learning objectives, areas that you want to focus on. And then how do you kind of contextualize those two learning objectives in the review when there's all these other things happening? So I want to, um, share something with you, Nathan, and I want to see if you, you tend to agree or disagree okay. with, with this statement. Yeah. So I'm going to use me as an example and my lear a learning objective I've had and then how I do my reviews, okay? So I had a learning objective and I'm, I'm, I'm actually moving my learning objective at the moment to really tidying up my CS because my CS is not good enough. Like I miss way too much sloppy CS. I need to get granular and, and tighten up my CS on all champs, on all matchups across the board, right? Missing too many cannons, Curtis. Everything. Not even just cannons. <laughs> oh, everything, God, right? Disastrous. Because trading aggressively, it means 6 and both have the same. I mean, it, when you're in intense lanes, CSing and balancing trading and CSing is really hard. Yeah, especially against good players. Yeah, and when I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm going 5 CS per minute. It's like there's a difference between 7 CS per minute and 9 CS per minute. That's or right. 7 and yeah. 10. Like it's massive. Yeah. Anyway, so there's that. That's like my, say I have my main learning objective that's going to be ever present no matter what. Now that doesn't mean I don't look for other things in a VOD. The analogy I'm going to use is... Imagine there's like a, a multi-story building and uh, like, like you would in a cartoon. There's all like the windows there. It's like in 2D. And then like there's like fires in like random windows. There's like a fire on like the third floor on the right. Then there's like a fire on the left, seventh floor on the left. And there's like three or four, maybe there's three or four fires in each of the windows. And I imagine that I'm kind of playing like a game as a fireman. Yeah, it's like that game where you have to like... You've got to go up the ladder. and then like, you're those things that pop up and you have to like smack them down. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like that. There's a fire, put it out or like yeah. the wackadoodle thing. Yeah. Yeah, if that fire comes, I'm going to go over there, spray it down, make sure it's all good, and then move to the next one. My reviews, I feel like I'm. that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of like, I have my one learning objective. Mm. And then for everything else, like those little things that I need to like iron out... I imagine I'm a fireman There's and I'm just popping up. Yeah, and it's coming up to me and I just gotta like investigate, put out the fire, and then go to the next one. And there's three or four of them. There's only gonna be yeah. three or four of them, as well as my main learning objective. But my main learning objective is always gonna be there. So ideally, you know, I think we've talked about this, you've talked about this before, mm. where you revisit sometimes the 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 basic, really basic learning objectives. Oh no, so you stay on one for a long period yep. of time to make sure you've really got it down. Yep. So then maybe the way analogy you could maybe have it's like you have your core learning objective, which you're really fucking up. That's where all the pressure of the hose is going right. to. Yep, yep. And yep. then the uh the other windows you just do like a well, little it's like bit. the major fire and then yeah. there's all the secondary, secondary fires. fires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. But you can put them out really easily with just yeah. a little bit of time investment yep. and then you move back to your key one. The, like yeah, spot on. Is. Yeah. And and to give a more league specific example here for what the little fires might be, it could be um, like a lane assignment that, that felt wrong uh, that I knew that kind of got me in a sticky situation. It could be a really bad reset I did in mid game. It could be 
um, a, a fight where I, I just knew that I was late to it or, or I was positioning really poorly or maybe there was a skirmish where I didn't consider flash here. Like, or maybe I didn't know how my champ interacted in this specific moment. Just could be little things here and there, you know? Little, mm. It's like little, but they're important to note because, and I don't, when I do those little elements or they look at those little parts of the game, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't delude myself that like they're never going to happen again. But like, my goal is to get them in my subconscious. Just back to your attention because you yeah. just forgot about them. Yeah, for example, yeah. I, it's so funny because I did a play this on, I was streaming on my Discord. I say it all the time. This is something I've said forever. Invading enemy on Krugs and Wolves, they're really hard to do because it's really easy for the enemy laners to come and it's just not worth it. It's just you don't do that. You, the only places you invade which are high, good, good high percentage are Raptors and Gromp, right? Um and I did the, the goddamn Krugs invade, and then I threw the game, and I lost the game. It's like, that's something I'm like, okay, let's put a little bit of attention to that. That should be fixed really quick. I already know that. I've done that millions of times. Just preaching my coaching. Let's fix that up again. That's an example for me. Well, it doesn't, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you focused on before. It could be just like a, a very granular specific thing that you've never... Uh, Nothing's that something's never happened before. Like we're talking about the miniature fires, right? That's a miniature fire in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, but but what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be something that you've done before. Okay. A miniature fire. But how would you know that it's a mistake then? Because it's like like let's go back to the lease in example. Um, I then um, say you're leasing that lease in his major learning objective is tracking the enemy jungle, right? Mm. And then but then at you know twelve minutes he goes for a top gank, and then W's onto the minion and doesn't factor in the qu- the Gwen dash. That's a mini fire okay. that you got to address. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, now I got to, you know, oh, I, I should have waited for the Gwen to use the dash and then, and then, and then Q. Okay. That's a mini fire in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, and, but you're saying that that's something that hasn't happened before. That, well, yeah, that person not hasn't have. focused on before. Yeah, they haven't focused. Oh, okay, yeah, that's they true. They haven't focused on I, that, I guess it's know? different for you and I because we've we've had so much experience in the game. We've made every mistake possible. Right. Then we've like really thought about. Yeah, we, we've know. we've made. Yeah. But as us. you're as you're learning the game, these are going to be you're not going to realize there's a mistake. Okay. Okay. I yeah. But okay. But even for us, Nathan, I'm sure there are situations. Yeah. Very unique where um, where like the, 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 there's like champs. Like maybe there's a situation with Renata that you're not that. Oh, it's like a new champ. Yeah, yeah. it could be. There could okay, be, yeah, that's could... true. Yeah, I have, for example, playing around Vex that the the, the fear was something I had yeah. to implement. Right, like, there's always new. That's true. Things. There is new things, isn't it? Like, yeah. like oh, I just didn't know that, or yeah. I didn't, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. the, I, yes, a majority of situations we've seen, but there are new ones. That's so. true. That's a good point. I mean, for example, that really popular one from the EG Team Liquid series was the Baron, the, yeah. the Baron healing up at 20. I didn't even really know that, that it healed. No, it neither. came every 30 seconds, right? I have no idea. I didn't know that it leveled up and healed, right? I'm glad I'm not a jungler. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's 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 a good point. Yeah, there's always something new. The game's just, there's a lot in the game, isn't there? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah look, that's, that, that's a secondary fire. And again, mm. when you review that, it's not like you're never going to make that mistake again, mm. right? But it, the way I view it, it's like kind of, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sending things into my intuition. Yeah. I'm hoping that it stays there, but yeah. if it's not, it's not a big deal. Like yeah. uh, we can, I'm going to revisit that, you know, but it's good to address it and then hope, hope that some of it sinks in. I like it. Moving on. All right. So the next one sort of going into the anticipation reaction, mm. I guess uh, I saw a take saying, what happens if flash was removed from the game of league of legends? Cause I think Dota doesn't have flash. Does it? You can, like, uh, buy an item that does it or something. Yeah, no. Nah, you have the blink dagger. Yeah, there's no flash, right? I'm like, 
Wow, Flash in League of Legends is actually the coolest. Like someone said, would it be removed? It'd be good. I think it'll be the worst thing ever in the game. Think about how different the game would be if there's no Flash. It's overwhelming to even think really about, think isn't about it? it? Like yeah. think about all the champs that like become really good with Flash. Flash Malphite all. Um, playing a mobile mages mid. Flash is game changing in skirmishes, right? Like think about how much like let's say you're in like a best of five a crazy series, right? Or something like that, or like you're in, you know, you're you're in a really intense game. Not like not anticipating someone's flash changes the whole fight, doesn't it? Like let's mm-hmm. say you like commit on someone yeah. that like flashes, bam, you're all in bad position. You actually didn't one shot that person. Games completely different games over. Or something it's like another that. I mean, layer like, of complexity. It's crazy, isn't it? Like it's a it's, whole another layer. It's, it's I think it's the I think it's actually I think flash makes the game League of Legends. Like I don't think people emphasize how important mm. that ability is for the way of the flow of the game. Mm. Especially thinking from a jungle's perspective, imagine how different the game would be if there's no flash for ganking early game. Maybe they anticipated that. Like maybe the design, right? When they because they could have easily never introduced it, right? Yeah, I guess. Maybe maybe they anticipated that there would be. Directly anticipate there's going to be because there's gap closes is a really big part of the game. I think what they probably thought, because again, the the people who made League, they played Dota and all these other games, right? They probably thought, okay, we want maybe a a more faster, I would say maybe more forgiving in a way game. Because if you have a smaller map, because League's a smaller map than Dota, isn't it? Oh, is it really? In a way, like Dota feels like a big map. That's That's what it feels like when you play it. Like it feels like a massive map. And and it also feels like... um, there is a lot of ways to escape in Dota through other means, like by like going into the jungle and like chopping down trees and kiting through like the forest. And like, there's other ways to escape in Dota outside of just like flashing. I mean, they don't have flash, right? So, and you can also displace abilities in, in Dota as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, so they probably thought, well, in League, if we don't have this, given the size of the map and how limited options are added, like, Survive. Got it. They probably thought it would just be too brutal. Uh, yeah, they all just die brutal. on reaping. <laughs> yeah. That's what they probably thought, yeah, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming they they added it. It was a it was a byproduct of maybe the size of the map or the design of the map themselves. Thinking, okay, we want action, but we don't want people to die all the time. I'm assuming they wanted like to and they wanted to make it a little bit more both action packed, but not just brutal a bloodbath, not like Unreal Tournament or something. Because you think about some of the early champs as well, right? In terms of gap closes, that champs like Singed, Annie, and Nivia, Nasus. Mm. None of these champs actually had the gap dash, closes. Yeah, a lot of gap dashes, closes. Yeah, right. Uh, like you know, like Nocturne, Brand. Who are some of the other early champs? Maokai. What we did, kind of. The ult. Oh, the ult, yeah. But it wasn't like on an E or something, which it is for so many champs. Was the ult, what was the ult like, though, the original Warwick? I don't uh, know if it was the same. Yeah, it was. It was just jump on someone. Jump on just, someone? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 spot on. Yeah, dash. Yeah, it was work. a point and click. It was a point and click thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, I remember I used to play Warwick. I was a Warwick man in season three, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't many. Yeah. Ramus was just like a Ramus, roly-poly. There's none. There was gap close. There wasn't a thing. Jarvan was probably one of the first. Yeah. The EQ. Yeah. And that's what maybe that's what made Lee Sin so game-breaking. Yeah, because he had so many dashes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lee Sin by design. Yeah. It was funny. I, I was in a game um of solo queue the other day and i think someone was playing i can't remember what the jungler was i think it was like rengar or something and this person didn't play rengar and they're saying this champ sucks it has no dash yeah and like you, the only way you can get over camps is that you have to like see the camp and then use the bush to like jump to over, jump walls over. And you have stuff. to like, like it, and stuff yeah you actually i'm assuming most junglers nowadays 
Everyone has a dash. Yeah, Diana, Diana, Zinzel, Leeson, Diana, Echo, Jarvan, ja- everything. Rexai, Graves, Elise can Rexi, jump over walls. Yeah, <laughs> every Kindred, Kindred. Most meta like jungle that's good can jump over can walls. Have to, they need terrain scaling. Yeah, and he was saying like, I like I obviously wrote he was inventing right, but yeah. I, I I thought about that more and I'm like, it's a really good point. If you don't have terrain scaling on your champion. Unless you clear at the speed of sound, like Carthus. That was, well, yeah, that's where Udia broke the game when it came to right. Udia. And, You're clear. Yeah. And Carthus is at the moment, you yeah. know, same thing with the fast clears. Like, yeah. you have to either have an insanely fast clear. Yeah. Or you have to have terrain scaling. As a jungler. As yeah. a jungler. Yeah. Which is really interesting, isn't it? Because, like, just the design of the game, the way the game is played nowadays. And he's like, this feels so shit. <laughs> I can't jump over walls. Yeah. Or, like, you know, not reliably anyway. Yeah. I just found that funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I can't imagine really what the game would be like without Flash. I, I, I think it adds a layer of complexity that gives it a unique flavor that I, I wish, I mean, it works. And I, I, I'm thinking about it due to the size of the map and the design of the map. I don't see how it would be healthy to not have Flash, right? Um, but I'm thinking back to Dota. I just I have very little experience. I guess it's just hard to die. And it's Dota. just harder to die. It's harder to die. Because there's the blink dagger, right? Is that what it is? That's how you. But that's an item you have to buy. And, and I feel, also feel like in 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 Dota, um, you you can stay healthier because of like in the career, like you can. You don't have to recall. It comes to you. Yeah, you can stay healthier. I think there, I think there's probably other mechanics that make up for the, that fact as well. Like if you're feeling in danger, there's other things you can do. And also, by the way, in Dota. Roaming is so effective that, like, if someone were to freeze or something like that, there's. I feel like there's always something you can do in Dota. Whereas in League, if someone freezes, I feel like you have less options. Because well, the difference is you can kill your own minions. Oh yeah, you <laughs> in can Dota, so you can't, well. so you can't freeze in Dota, right? Yeah, is that the thing? No, you can. You can. You can freeze. Yeah, yeah because then you can threaten them. And yeah, exactly. You can't let them hit their own minions. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, I I just think that um. There's probably a lot more to this that we don't really understand. I mean, yeah. we're not game designers here, no. so we should probably shut up right now. Yeah, so I thought that was an interesting take. I was like, yeah. no, the Flash makes League really what it is. I feel like I think it's so good to have Flash in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably a question for a game designer, someone at Riot to answer. Mm. I'm sure there's a, a very sophisticated answer rather than, you know... Why does remove Flash? We want it to be different. I think there's probably a lot more... Assuming something to do with the map size and the way they designed the champions and the pace of the game, they probably didn't want. They wanted to be more forgiving in some sense, but add a layer of complexity. Spitballing here, I have no idea. But it's interesting to think about. Very interesting indeed. Right, you got a topic, yeah. Curtis, or yeah. we jump into? So, all right. So, Nathan, what I'm about to do? Yep. Here we go. Is I'm gonna potentially be the most hated. Yep. Uh, coach in the world right now. Let's do it, Curtis. And let's put ourselves out of job. I'm going to throw myself under the bus at, at the yep. same time. This is going to piss off potentially a lot of people. Okay, here we go. So we are starting a book next month and I've kind of already started to read it uh, called Skin of the Game by Nassim Taleb. And again, I haven't gone very deep, but I read the prologue and um, it got me thinking about one of the these topics that has been kind of it's been in my in my mind for a long time, and I haven't had the terminology to really explain how uncomfortable I feel. So essentially, the book um, 
talks about a concept called skin of the game. We, we, I'm sure we've all heard of skin of the game in some, usually in the financial industry, you hear about, oh, you know, we want to get some get some equity in a company, have some skin of the game so we can, you know, all... Incentivize employee, like, again, we can join the company. Well, that, but also or... just as well, just all get the upside. We all get the, yeah. we all get the benefits. Yeah. Um, but a crucial part of having skin of the game or having equity in a company is that you're, you are all in it together for the downs as well. When, when shit gets rough, everyone is now hurt or everyone is now suffering due to the down or the negative situation that has occurred. Now, I want to tie this back into lead coaching and, and use this term to describe how I feel in, in lead coaching. Now, skin in the game is, well, the way Nassim Taleb talks about it, is a very important concept for bullshit detection. And what he means by that is that if there isn't actively skin in the game for someone in a given field, it's very likely that there's some dodgy shit going on and someone is, is probably not being completely true. And there could be some fraudulent activities or, or someone could be bullshitting you essentially. Because and, there's not much downside that they right. can... There's not much downside for them. So an example he uses in the financial industry is say it, it is a money manager, right? You give someone your money and they invest your money for you, but they they aren't... There's no downside. If, if, if you they, make money, great. You all make money together. Yeah. If you lose money, but if you lose you, money, you just move on to the next client. Yeah, just move to the next client and then your, your cash is burnt. And then it, it, there is no downside for him in a way. And and, and let's say- He, he loses time? Or, no, or someone could say reputation, right? Yeah. But then there's there's many excuses that he could use as well. Like, oh, just unfortunate timing in the market. market. Oh, you could have done this, but he could have left it in longer. Whatever it might be. Or do you just, there's things out of our control here at play. There's many excuses that person can make to kind of get out of dodge in a way. Now, let's bring it back to lead coaching. I've been very vocal about how um, I don't like to take credit for someone's success when they immediately come into our, and you said the same thing in your program. If someone comes in, they've been here for two weeks and they go up a division, it's very difficult to say that we legitimately got them that rank because they could just be playing with intensity they could have just now cared because they're financially it's like a reset it's like a refresh you know it's like all right now i've made the financial commitment to get exactly. coaching and psychologically now you're just trying you're playing harder. with more intensity yeah. or it could even be a, a feeling of safety that like we have the community helping me i have nathan this professional coach helping me you know it could even be a feeling of safety giving them confidence that allows them to express them themselves there's there's many things at play here and to preface this, I think we need to all be honest that there is no objective measure of one's level of play. Like we don't have a, we're not, we're not in the fitness industry where you can measure someone's strength. Like we can do a one rep max. So we can see how strong you are across the board. That doesn't exist in league. There is no objective measure of how good one player is. First of all, because... Well, the rank does, doesn't it? Well, let's be very careful. Here. Yeah, again, it can be careful, but it is a it is a pretty. I wouldn't say it's the one hundred percent baseline, but it's a pretty good measure. Okay, let's let's go a little bit deeper here. Then we don't know though what exactly got that person that That's result. That's right. Yes. So now, so you now you're I arguing. Agree. It's like you know, could it was actually the coach? What does that it? mean? Yeah. Okay, let's say there's a platinum two player. We don't know specifically if we if we were to say all his skills, lay them all out there on a bar graph. We have no idea what he's over-indexing on, what, he's, what is contributing to the rank that he's at. Maybe his champion's really effective in the meta. Maybe he, he's riding a high of confidence. Maybe um, 
he uh, is really, really good mechanically, but doesn't understand the macro game. Maybe he's really good at the macro game, doesn't understand, has bad micro. Maybe his champion doesn't allow him to work on his micro. There, there are many ways. We I spoke with this in our league journey, your, understanding your league journey. We don't know what this guy is. We have no way to measure how good this guy is and in what aspect he's good at and how we can prove that. There's, there's nothing that's really provable by just evidence. There's no, yeah. there's no objective okay. measure. Okay, so so let, let me try this one. Uh, so I actually have a, a Rexar play work with Andrew. He's, a, he's from Oris as well. He's, yeah. in a, he's an Aussie. Mm. Um, so when he joined the Soul 2, obviously he didn't really know about minion waves. He didn't know how to gank. What a good gank, bad gank. Just run around, kill people, gank people, yep. right? And then over time, you know, he's been in Soul 2, you know, for a couple of months now. And I did a review with him yesterday, right? And uh, I was like, okay, you know, explain to me the whole process here. And he was like, the way he was talking and thinking about the game, challenger level stuff, like Amazing. really good stuff. That's really good. Is that an objective measure? Like, what do you think about that? Let's, let's get to that. Let's, we'll lead up to that point. Yeah. That's a really good point you raise. And that is that is one of the things that we can look for, but we'll get to that point. Let's, let's bolster up first. Let's get a full picture of what the problem is, okay? Okay. So, okay. Um, we get a client. We don't really know where they're at. We, we might know. Like, we might, based off our past experiences... We, yeah, because we say, like, this is a goal play. This is generally the mistakes in goals. And we can even look at their about. gameplay. We can, like, largely extrapolate what got them there. Yeah. Like, we, we might be able to know that. We, we can't prove it, in a way. We can kind of... We have a hunch. Hunch, okay. We have a hunch yeah. that, like, that is probably likely yeah. the case, right? Yeah. So we work with this client, right? Let's say you work with Andrew there. Yeah. And let's say you work with him. You do two sessions with him. And let's say you did every you, you you did insane in your mind like you did the best coaching you possibly could you you gave him really actionable learning objectives the reviews the games the re- he brought just were perfect yep. learnings for exactly the problem the reviews themselves he brought were great let's just even tick that box as well yeah let's say for whatever reason he comes back in three weeks later after those two sessions and and um goes backwards right yep. It's very, it's it's so easy for the coach to have many many reasons as to why you didn't get that person didn't get results. We could blame maybe he's got other outside of real life problems at play. He hasn't been able to put the time in. Um, he hasn't really maybe he's overcomplicated things, misinterpreted your learning objectives. I mean, there's, there's a million excuses that the coach can actually come up with to protect themselves to say why that person should have gotten results but they didn't. Vice versa, right? So, so the, it, it can always be pinned in a way back onto the client. I mean, there's always a narrative that the coach can spin that, that it's their fault. Conversely, if they get results, it always, it always, the coach the is always going to yeah. take credit for like, that person getting results. Mm-hmm. And so the point being is that if the client doesn't get results, the onus a lot of the time still lays on the client. If the client gets results, the coach always gets the upside no matter what. So the coach gets the upside no matter what, most of the time. And we don't get the downside. We don't get punished for not getting results for someone. Mm. Now, again, we don't... Like, again, it, it's hard. It's it... Give us some analogies here. Why is it different? Why is it different from tennis coach or swimming coach or... Okay, let's use let's use a fitness industry, right? Yeah. Use that analogy, yeah. right? Let's say there's a personal trainer, and then um, we, the personal trainer works with this guy. They do a test to see how strong this guy is. We can actually see the numbers, mm. and then he gives him like a routine, gives him a diet, like do the do the whole thing. They co- they do sessions three times a week, whatever it might be. If in two months the guy's still lifting the same amount of weight, 
you can ask, okay, have you been training this amount of time? Boom, boom, boom. Have you been following this diet? Yes, 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 or no. And you can clearly Measure see- it. and the you, calorie intake. And the ca- and you can clearly weight, see yeah. what's gone wrong mm. and, 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 and whether it, you can genuinely see if it is the client not doing it or maybe they have done everything and they haven't got results in which it's clearly the, the, the mm. trainer's fault, mm. isn't it? Mm. Like you can see where the, where the failure lies and you can know who to blame. And, um, and then if that guy doesn't get results, he can actually prove it and then he can share, you know, the, the coach is obviously at fault. There is no scapegoat really for the client, for the coach or the PT in that situation. If they followed the steps and, and were honest about it. Right. And we'll, let's just, let's just say that everyone is, is, is telling the truth as well. And in other industries, I mean, I think in a lot of team sports, the problem we're describing here is, is exactly the case because it is such a complex, so many variables, so many variables Why in team sports leagues in theoretically a team sport. There's five people on either team, um, in, in say NFL or in basketball and AFL, NRL, whatever it might be. It is difficult to objectively measure the value of a coach, which is my point. It, we cannot measure objectively the value of a coaching session or a coach's impact on an individual. And, and I think that the reason I'm raising this, Nathan, is that um, I think as an industry, given that coaching is, is becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger industry. It's very new. I mean, coaching video games wasn't really a thing ten, five, ten years no, ago. No, it's not really a thing. And, and given where we're really at the forefront of this industry, I think it's our responsibility as coaches to raise this as a problem and or not really a problem as I guess a phenomenon. Yeah, it's just it's just the reality. It's just the reality of yeah. the of the current industry right now. And that and we the nature of the games, well League of Legends specifically, right? Maybe it's different for Counter Strike. Right, yeah, nature of the game as well. That we should be honest with ourselves and stop taking credit for every little bit of result that someone gets. If we're not willing to take full responsibility for someone not getting results, we can't be also resp- we can't take full credit for someone getting results. It's very easy for us to take results, say cherry pick all the people that got results, forget all the people that don't get results, and being look at me, I'm the greatest coach of all time. I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people getting results. But I'm sure there's people there that haven't got results and I've failed and I've given them wrong advice or whatever it might be. They just leave the academy. And they either leave the academy or they, they think it was on them and purely on them. And it could be. That's why we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know if it was them. It could be. I've worked with clients that have been told me, look, Curtis, I just haven't put in the work and I, and I can't follow your advice and I've yep. got an ego, whatever it might be, yep. right? But then there's other people I'm sure that we haven't given the best value. We've maybe made them worse. We've overcomplicated the game. We've given them incorrect advice. We've we've messed up their relationship with the game or whatever it might be. And we're not, we, we don't, what happens? What happens? I mean, we don't get exposed for that. And now we're using me and you as an example. This is even more prevalent in the coaching sphere everywhere else. Because if the way our, our, our coaching platforms are structured is that we do multiple coaching someone, coaching sessions with someone and they're like, they're in the community and like they're constantly updating us there on their journey. It's like long-term. We can we can have the chance, even if we like if the make someone fails. worse, we can be like, okay, well, let's reassess this. We can, yeah, I say that all the time. Like I'm going to give, we'll give this as a learning let's objective. Let's have a crack. Let's see how this goes for the yeah. next two to three weeks. Yeah. Come back and then we'll see if it works or doesn't work. We can like go yeah. from there. But that's not the way majority of coaching in it's the industry the one goes. Off one hour it's session. the one hour session. Mm. You get that one hour session. If that person gets results, they post on Twitter. Thank you, XXX for the getting- Discord message saying, uh, I was, wow, after that session, look at my matches. Yeah, after that session, we did those yeah. sessions. Look at me now, I'm diamond. And 
again, that, that coach may have given insane value to that Something's client. clicked for that person. Yeah, he may yeah, have given the right advice. advice. It was a great vote. The coach did a great job. But there's also a very real reality where it was just luck, right? It was, it was just riding, like we said, riding a high of confidence, got him to real... Now he's incentivized because he's financially invested in, in coaching. He's giving, he's putting intensity. Or, but the person didn't get results. They don't show anything because they're too embarrassed to show that they didn't get results for that session. And then the coach just walks away, pretending thought that they did an excellent job and then move on. Hmm. And so the, and, and the Sims Taleb, one of the, the important points that he makes in the book is that the learning cycle is never completed. If you don't have skin in the game, in a way, if you're not punished for your mistakes, the learning cycle is much slower, much, much, much slower. Because think about it. If we don't see the people that fail, how do we know what doesn't work? Mm. Getting better at something, what he's, his point was, re removing something that doesn't work is better or more effective than adding some, or knowing something that does work. Doubling down on something that does work. That he okay. thinks it's, more, it's easier to improve at something when you can eliminate something just most definitely yeah. yeah okay because you don't know exactly why that one thing may have worked or not you know what i mean mm. like like you give some advice it could have been many other things at play there that got that one result but if you know 110 percent this doesn't work great we can rule that off forever in a way so this is my rant and i think it's important that we as a community and especially for us as coaches responsibility hold ourselves accountable and stop you know, riding the high of getting the, the people that do get, stop riding that high all the time, giving ourselves a massive pat on the back and, and, and be honest with ourselves and check in with our clients to make sure they are, how are they going? How are they developing? Don't be ashamed to share your failures and our failures. And I think the only real way, Nathan, for us to prove or in a way, I guess, hack skin in the game is get results ourselves to prove that what we are talking about works. And that's why, again, tying back to the importance of being high as a coach. And champion mastery and being to an prove expert champion. that what we are talking about works mm. consistently over a long period of time. I had a three-month period working with Will, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, 17 year old i started working with him 14 years old you know last two years um he got rank one in na in a couple of his now is like rank four or something like that i actually started a, a show on my youtube channel if you're a jungler you want to check it out it's for dedicated to aspiring pro pros like diamond one master tier players we review those games together with uh will um we had, I had a three four month period with him where i we I generally made him worse just focus on the wrong things overcomplicating the game getting too rigid not playing with the field thinking too much uh, but again, I had the opportunity to write, this didn't work. It didn't work. And then, you know, so, uh, that's amazing. but then again, I, I don't know, like, you know, if you know, I even mentioned this before, you know, if someone, Oh, can you get anyone? Does that mean you can get anyone to rank one? It's like, I could have had a 1% impact on will. I could have had a 10%, no I could idea. have had 20%, no There's idea. No measure. There's no we measure. Can't measure. Yeah. We have no idea. We, we have no, there's no way to measure. As of now, there is no way to measure one's impact. So that's it. And, and, and any feeling that you have in terms of your, your impact on Will is, is so combined with ego and oh, it's all, it's, 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 it you would never be able to objectively no. measure it Absolutely not. from your perspective at that's all. That's right. Subjectively measure it. Um, be spot on. And, and notice that failure though, you wouldn't have known that didn't work unless you like constantly checked in and be like, oh, okay, well, we're not getting results. We're not getting results. It's not working. This style of play or whatever we're doing right now is just not working, right? 
That so at least now you know at least if you don't know what does even if you don't know what does work at least you know what doesn't work. Let's just try the opposite of that now. You know, let's play all with feel. That's, I love doing the opposite. And, then, and let's don't see work, what happens. Just do then. the opposite. Yeah, do the opposite. If it doesn't work, if I'm yeah. playing really slow and that's not working, let's yeah. play really fast. And then yeah. we can figure out what what we what we got. Yeah, we get here. Yeah. So yeah, it's been on my mind, and 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 I think that um, it's a dialogue that I want to continue to 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 really raise. Something that I think we should constantly check back in on, and and I hope as the industry matures and as coaching becomes a more popular, I mean, it is getting more and more popular. Um, we as coaches find ways to hold ourselves accountable and 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 in a way, kind of hack skin in the game to make sure that we're 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 not um, peddling bullshit. I love it. Isn't it great getting written knowledge reading books? This is an advertisement for our book club. Yep. Book Anyone club. wants to join, read this book with us next month. Next month, sorry, next month. Skin in um, the Game. Skin in the Game under Sim Taleb. The Patreon link's below. And if you're on, listening on Spotify, you can go to the YouTube. It's somewhere there yep. in the description. Lovely. There you go. Excellent. All right. I think we're pretty much good. I always had another topic, but I think we'll save it for next week. All right. Mailbag. Mailbag. Away we go. Mm. song all righty then first question here comes from Theranos. someone there old school mla old school. member title of this email is perfectionism that affects me both in my solitude and my life dear curtis and nathan I've been having a lot of trouble with my perfectionism, which has been detrimental to both my solo queue climb and my enjoyment of the game. I've taken a complete break from League for over a month and have read the MLA article about the dangers of a perfectionism, perfectionist mindset and nothing has worked for me so far. Even the Tilt Journal, a journal I've had for 10 months has only been able to help me discover the issue. This is how my perfectionism affects my solo queue. Step number one, I make a mistake and feel frustration or anxiety. The severity depends on whether I was satisfied with my performance in my previous matches. If my solo queue performance has been bad recently, it only takes a mistake as small as missing some last hits or taking a bad trade for me to completely lose my mind. Step number two. Frustration and anxiety causes even more mistakes. Step number three. My confidence is now in shambles. At this point, I'm constantly forcing players and compensating even though I should stay calm and play loser's game in silver. Step number four. I inevitably lose, which sometimes leads to even less confidence, and I sometimes come up with a narrative and or blame externals. Step number five, cycle repeats. I occasionally regain confidence if I have a perfect game that satisfies me, but I eventually relapse. This leads me constantly chasing for a perfect game for the dopamine hit. When Curtis said you have the most fun in League of Legends when uh, you know the least and when you know the most. So it's like that, you know, it's very mm, fun. Yeah. When you start in, you know, you're level, leveling up to 30, you're in bronze and stuff, and you just get in all those quick games, just incredible. Then that valley, what's it called? The valley of something. I can't remember. I, can't I don't know remember. what you're talking about. Like this, there's this yeah. thing where this gets really brilliant. That's like the gold, platinum, silver, yep. like diamond, all yep. that sort of stuff. But then, you know, the top end of the challenge, like the competitive really versus are so fun again, right? Because you know everything, that you understand everything that's going on. Yep. It's, you don't, you're not confused about anything. Uh, so he says... Um, uh, in his How to Climb to Gold guide, I realized I might be different than the average bronze-silver player. Maybe he's right and I'll be even more miserable later on, but I've always been like this even when I first started playing the game. I've never played for fun, nor did I ever really have fun learning the game itself. 
Learning the game and making all of the mistakes that I don't know the cause of was absolute torture and it still is. I've only kept playing for the competitive aspect of the game and for the dopamine hit I get when I shit on the entire enemy team. When I was new, I went straight into normals, then ranked, and have always self-sabotaged myself over my mistakes. Luckily, around the time I first started playing the game, which is when Aphelios released, I discovered Curtis's YouTube channel. Early on in my league journey, if it wasn't for Curtis and the things he taught me, I would have quit ages ago. As an experiment, when I was still in bronze around a year ago, an MLA member told me to play for fun and just relax, which I think isn't bad advice for most people in my ELO range that suffer from overcomplicating things. However, I tried doing that for two weeks and I was absolutely miserable. I was extremely close to quitting league and leaving the MLA. I'm in, in an ELO that have people who don't take the game seriously and switch champions or roles constantly. So I think it's a bit weird that I have this problem. I'm guessing it might be very the very reason in this ELO, the very reason I'm in this ELO. Uh, it causes me to force plays. Um. I thought maybe just toughening it out and sticking to my process would solve it, but I've had no success despite trying to fix it since preseason. I think the reason it's so hard is because this is related to my fixed mindset, which was discussed during episode 55 of the podcast. I've only been doing things that I believe I'm talented, talented at until I played league. All of the things I've been doing because I thought I was talented happen to be activities that also satisfy my perfectionism, and if not, I can redo it as many times as I like. My fixed mindset has improved a lot, but it hinders since this is my first time actually learning and failing at something I care about that I'm also bad at. On top of being new to learning how to learn, I have my perfectionism, which makes the whole situation a complete shit show. Do you guys by any chance know a way to combat this? Even though I started out at Iron 4 and climbed to Silver, I feel like I achieved nothing because of my perfectionism, even though I ab- objectively improved. Maybe I'll be able to find the answer through more self-reflection, but here's my thoughts so far. Hope it's some advice. Uh, toxic expectations. Whenever I hear perfectionism and we're in silver, gold and stuff, you're, of course you're going to mental boom if you're chasing the perfect game because it's impossible to have a perfect game because you're going to be missing so much information, so much game knowledge, yep. champions, intuition, all that sort of stuff. I'm a perfectionist. The ways that I cope with my perfectionism, I'll do a really, um, actually, I wouldn't say cope. It's deal with it, right? To develop the toolkit, right? I've recently started up my YouTube channel again. Um, I didn't post a video for six months and I've been posting some videos on my YouTube channel, Nathan Mott. And every time I ship a video, it is just so bad. It's not even close. But I need to embrace, like, how can I possibly be good at making YouTube videos if I haven't done it for eight months? I'm sort of doing a new different style of video. Just suck. We just got to suck. I did my first video with uh, Will in that new series that I said I talked about earlier. And I mentioned to Will, I said, um, you know, because Will, I think, is also a bit of a potentially perfectionist as well. You know, I said, you know, our mindset going to this, our first... 20, 30 episodes are going to suck. Let's just have a crack. That's it. And that's just so relieving, dude. And you actually get better content out in that way as well because if you start getting in your head, then you're like, oh, oh, it's not perfect. Oh, and then you start underperforming in the actual content itself. We had the same thing when we started this podcast. Yep, we said exactly what I was going to mention. We said, okay, our first 100 episodes or whatever, just trash. Like, look at Joe Rogan's podcast. 
Uh, you watch a clip of the first couple. It's just terrible. Like, he will look back. You can't even look back at it. We can't even look back no. at our first episodes. I don't. I don't watch previous episodes. Yeah, I I watch. It's because we're in that learning process and yep. you can't have that. And you have more fun. Imagine if we said we wanted to come in here. The, we talked amazingly. We articulated our thoughts amazingly. We suck. We, I think we still suck today at articulating our thoughts. Yep. I reckon terrible. by episode 500, we'll be way better. Yep. So you've just got to embrace the suck. That's how the the key motto. Just really get into it. I just suck. Perfectionism is impossible. It's toxic as fuck to have a perfectionism mindset. Ship it, ship it, ship it, and then just learn, improve over and over again. That's how I deal yeah. with it. Bam, good to go. And if you want to, if you want an example of what this looks like for Anos, I want you to understand for Anos. Like, go back to episode one of BBC. <laughs> It's on my channel, I think it was. Yeah, it's on your coach. Well, you go to any episodes. of them, like episode one, two, three, four, five, the first 10, especially. It'll make you cringe. Mm. Like watching this and then it's genuinely Well, not cringe. for them, but I think for us, because we sort of know. I think that even if you're Our not first episode you, has you a lot, know you reckon? Yeah. How bad It's pretty are. shit. <laughs> Shocking, Nathan. Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, maybe not to the degree that we'll notice, but you'll yeah. notice. Yeah. Um, if you're right, Nathan, if we came into that thinking we're gonna have the greatest podcast, it's the gonna be Joe Rogan be perfect, level yeah. in 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 a week or something, a few weeks, month, six months, we were we would have quit. We would have quit because the process, the progress was slow. We didn't really know how we wanted to kind of never did a podcast before. Yeah, we'd never done it before. We didn't really have a community for the podcast. We didn't even know if it was people were gonna like we it. We didn't, and we 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 spoke about a lot of things that no one gave a shit about and we, we learned from that and then tried to find our identity as a podcast. Very similar, if you want an even more practical, another great example, go to the beginning of both of our YouTube channels. Even mine more so because I didn't know what my channel was going to be about. You didn't even know if you were just going to do mid as well. I didn't even know if I was going to do mid, right? So I you think go, your first videos were like drafting and stuff. Drafting and, and like Mac, some just <laughs> disgraceful. You look at the start of my YouTube... I, first of all, I had no idea what it was going to be about. I didn't know what to talk about. I had no direction, no clue. I was just sending it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to put something out. And then at least I'll get some feedback or like I'll, I'll feel it. I'll get better at the craft itself. And then I know that... You have to get used to talking in front of a camera. That's hard shit to it do. It was very difficult to talk in front of a webcam. Yeah. Um, I've never done that before. It's really hard. I struggled with that for a, a, a long time. Um, so... Look at that. Look at my first few videos, Frontos. Look at my videos now. Different. It's just a different ball game. And so where you're at, what's actually happened, sorry, is, is you, you, you started your journey and you're at the same level as Nathan and I on our YouTube channels and on the podcast, but you were judging yourself or expecting yourself to be an elite Joe Rogan level podcaster equivalent of league challenger player challenger player or a diamond player in a short period of time which is obviously influenced your ability to improve and made your mental just explode which has made you improve slower which is then which has actually made you feel shitty about yourself and then made your progress even slower than that it's just a toxic cycle right so I think that like really really simply put like you draw like a stick figure for Anos now and like just objectively like you're just a silver player like I'm a silver player what does a silver player do what does a silver player look like they make a lot of mistakes they make mechanical blunders 
They don't know advanced. They don't understand really translational leads. They don't need to know translational leads. They don't know advanced macro, whatever that is. They don't. They don't have amazing ma- micro. They don't have that insane level of champ- champion mastery. They don't have perfect fundamentals. What you've done is that you've you've latched onto this idea of like maybe you have this one in a hundred game that happens, and you're like, I should be able to do that every single game. Yeah. I mean, even the, that where your view had a perfect game there, you would have like, there wasn't any difficult problems to solve. And it would have been an easy game. An easy game. And there was things you didn't have to even think about. Yep, you just got lucky. Up, so. that, that game that you're viewing yeah. as a perfect game would actually be, it's, a, it's an anomaly. Yeah. It's a one in a hundred. And you just, you've just latched onto that very lucky game that you, like you're versing a low threat comp. Your jungler just happened to counter gank that one time or the jungler didn't target you. You're versing a laner that didn't know what your champ does. Like you just had this, it's just like the stars aligned. Mm. And it's not like because you, it's not like you played that game flawlessly. They gave you it on a, on a, on a platter and, and you've just executed it. Mm. But that's an anomaly. But you've now latched onto that, and that's the game that you expect to play every single time. And this happens to everyone at all ranks, by the way, not just Faranos and Silver. This happens at all ranks. Mm-hmm. You have this this envision of this vision of what you think you can do every single game. But no, that's an anomaly. So what you're gonna have to do is just be brutally honest with yourself and say, okay, first of all, what does a silver player look like? And be honest with yourself. What do, write it down? What is a silver player like? What sort of mistakes does a silver player make? Be honest. And then so either two things is going to happen. You're not going to be out, your your view of a silver player is going to be is going to be distorted, and which people you say that in the community, people can call you out on that, whatever. Or um, you write it down, you realize, holy shit, that makes sense, and that's where I'm at. That is me. I am a silver player because you are a silver player. As much as you want to have a sook about it and cry and whatever, you're a silver player, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? So, cool. Let's just realize that you're going to make a shit ton of mistakes. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be shitty, whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be shitty, but in your mind, it's shitty. We're not going to stay there forever. We're going to incrementally learn. By publishing podcast episodes, by playing games. By playing games. Ship it. Ship it. Feedback. And not, not destroying yourself. For, put it, for, for not being at some weird level of play that you think you've seen on some montage that you think you can do. No, you, it's, it's a long-term game. Yeah. Yeah, I had this for me when I came back. You know, you saw me stuck in Diamond for a whole year. Uh, I would say that I also thought I had some perfect, perfect games, but that's the thing. I, I, was, I wouldn't, wouldn't be reading waves in a certain way that I am now. That it's, you know, I'm but you're not, and you, stuff. You, you actually didn't have the knowledge to even know why that's right. that well, happened. Yeah. So, like, for you, Faranos... Just be, just like, be, um, be okay with not knowing in a way. Like, just embrace the suck. No, like, yes, but also be okay with not having a fucking clue. Like, be okay with having the not. Like, you only need to have knowledge of a gold player to get to gold. You don't have to have the knowledge of a diamond player. That's right. Like, we're only going from silver to gold here. Yeah. Like, like, and that's okay. Again. You know what I mean? Like he he he's trying to he's trying to go from silver to diamond. He's not going. He's not trying to go from silver to gold. Yeah, that's what's screwing him. Mm. That's what's screwing him. You only need to get to gold, dude. Yeah, and then we'll get from gold four to gold three. Then we'll get from gold three to gold two. Mm. Like he's trying to go from zero to a hundred mm. in a way as well. Yeah. So that the- that's what that post the 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 bronze player that that that's what that guy was doing as well he was like looking this is what perfect fundamentals looks like 
I believe that everyone in low elo has it. That's like going to zero to a hundred again. Zero anyway. to a hundred very fast. Yeah. You know, very quickly. Yeah. It's a zero yeah. to a hundred mindset. And the, the toolkit to get out of this is just being brutally honest with yourself and having that tough conversation. Like I said, write down what a silver player is in your mind. That's probably the not, the most practical thing you could do. Write it down. This is me. I would say, uh, get... Uh, 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 write down a silver and then write down a gold. What you might what the gold is. Well. What Ishan, when... Uh, so Ishan's my client that got from gold to master in a year. Again, I'm not going to take full credit for that. You know, I don't know if it was 1% or 10% or Well, oh, you provided value. We just don't know what that number it. is. Right. If we, we can't give it a number. Yep, I could never say I could replicate that with anyone else. Um... He always talks about he loved watching the high like challenger of that champ just Eve. Okay. So maybe you know he said write down this is what I do on these champions is how I use my abilities. This is what I've noticed in challenger players playing that champion. Mm-hmm. I think that's even more like really specific because champ mastery that. I think is really important. Go ham on champ mastery. Champ mastery. But also, it, but the, the careful thing that is that you're not going to be able to do that or like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. Boss. Yeah, but that'll give him sort of the reality check. Give him a reality check, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is how big the gap is. And you don't need to de- even use get close scratch to scratch the surface. Yeah. Just you, to- you, you could just use ability. You just hold one ability better and that could just be like to gold. gold. That you know? That's <laughs> just one thing, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It all stems down, man, from just accepting where you're at. Accepting that you don't know it. shit and that you're not where you, you're not there and that's okay. That's really it. I don't, there's nothing else around that. When I started, when we started our channel, that was the narrative. We suck. We suck. And we're going to suck and for a long time. Shit. And we're just going to incrementally just be, you know, yep. embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. The only possible way to get better at things is by doing. You can't sit there and just read everything. It's just, that's my philosophy is getting into the details, getting dirty. You got to do it. You can't, you know, procrastinate. Um, yep. All right. Um, next one here is from Carrie. Uh, finding joy in only 40% control is a title's email. I like the title. It's going to get me a bit excited already. Who's it? Harry? Carrie. Carrie. Carrie or something. Hey, Kurt and Nathan, really joined the podcast. I wanted to write in about the 30, 30, 40 rule with which I found myself facing a bit of a crisis. I joined the MLA recently and this is the first season I've played League of Legends competitively. I've played other games competitively, but only ever 1v1 games, making League my first competitive team game. The concept that I control the outcome of only 40% of the games I play in League is difficult for me to accept. And wor- I worry in it's costing the enjoyment of the game. Um, what I mean is, in other games I've played, there are certainly difficult matchups, but I have full control over my sort of side of the equation. This means it's all on me to overcome unfavorable odds. This is solace in that, oh, so there is solace in that, even in loss. I've yet to find this solace in league and struggle to accept that I can only control 40% of my outcomes. I struggle to find enjoyment in playing well and just doing my job. When playing well means I can still lose, of course. I can play well in a 1v1 game and still lose. But because I have a 100% control of my side of the match, a difficult loss only invigorates me to improve. I step away from those losses thinking I'll get better and beat them next time. I've yet to find this feeling in league because if I'm understanding the 30, 30, 40 rule correctly, then no matter how much I improve, I'll still only control 40% of the games I play. Is this truly just for the reality of the game? Would love to hear your thoughts. Um, okay. Uh, so let's, let's, let's preface a few. I just want to add in a little, before we go deep on this, I want to preface a few things. 
I think it's important we also talk about the 30% you win. Yeah, so like, there's 30% free the, wins. Those 30% free wins, like, sometimes like, you still got to... Like, you still got to not lose the you game your team. Do your job, like, yeah. you still got to do your job. Like, you can't just go 0-10 and still win. Like... Mm. Sometimes so, you can. <laughs> um, some, but very rarely. Like yeah. I would say, rarely. So yeah, I would say yes. On 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 average, let's just say seventy percent of the games are in your control, right? Rather than forty, I think it's better to frame it seventy. It sounds better as well. Yeah, seventy. It? That's right. Like seventy percent uh, is a lot. Yeah. Like you can think about forty, but you're just forgetting the other thirty. Like it's mm. seventy really, because mm. mm. you're getting that. If you're doing your job in the other one, you're getting that win, and then like the forty. Could theoretically be, like you're, if you're winning seven out of ten games, that's like a lot of games. It's mm. a lot of LP. It's mm. <laughs> mm. a lot of LP. Um, so there's that. If that's like it helps in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think as well. You spot, spot on. We are not playing tennis or chess or a Street Fighter or whatever it is. It's not a one v one game. That's the reality of all team sports. Whether you're playing basketball or you're playing American football or you're playing rugby. You're in a team. You you are in a team as much as you don't yep. want to be. At the end of the day, if I am to play in a silver game and four of my teammates literally leave the game, I cannot win. That's that right. Game. That's that's gonna. That's, that's the, the reality. reality. That's the contract you sign when playing League of Legends. But something that will help you though, if we're gonna give pragmatic advice here, I feel like there's always something that you can do better. Like like the the review. We say this all the time. It's a buzzword at this stage. It's like or the buzz term. The review is the medicine, right? And what me and Nathan mean by that is that you can come... Say you play a game and you have... You've you, you got kind of three losing lanes. You're a jungler and you're, oh, he's a mid laner. So you got... Say your top lane shoots to bed, your bot lane shoots to bed, your jungle's just kind of going even. And you actually you actually did pretty well, right? Like you thought you did pretty well. Maybe you, you, did, you got up 20 CS, whatever it might be. I find solace that there was... I'm sure there's things I could have done better there. And there always is something I could have done better. Whether it's like I could have had more CS. I could have had another 10, 15 more CS. I could have taken a better quality reset. I could have maybe pinged that that guy could be ganking top or I could have tracked my jungle better. Maybe wouldn't have to burn my flashes at a specific fight. There's always things I could have done better. That's what I take away from those. So even in the games that you lose that are quote-unquote out of your control... There's still many, many things that you can take from it mm. if you're really honest with yourself and you get into the details. So tying back to that whole Street Fighter thing, you come from a, you comes from a street, uh, fighting game background. The, the thing that feels the best is that you can walk away from that game knowing that you're always going to get learning. The same thing applies in League. It just doesn't necessarily mean you guarantee a win or not. But the same learning, like the learning is going is to be there. And so um, that's that's where I find solace, really. I think that's really it. Mm. It's one of the realities of playing a game like League. Mm. Um, and and then that's that's ultimately you got to you got to weigh that. Is League a game that you want to play? Right. Mm. I mean, some people prefer solo games, and we, we, we that's just your personality type. You got to really weigh that up. Is League the game for you? Um, do you have anything else to add on to that, Nathan? Yeah, the final thing I want to say is, you know when people talk about that rule, you know we say focus on the 70%. Mm. You know, everyone thinks we're, you know everyone thinks that our problems are the big ones. We're the hero of every mm. game, the hero of the story. Guess fucking what? I'm the 30% loss in a pretty fair amount a of my games. games. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I will give up sometimes, you know, like it's based on the early game. I just make the game literally unwinnable, you know, for my team and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't happen as often. It used to happen a lot. But like, but that still happened. Like that was me, and I'm sure that's you, and that's you. 
and that's mm. all of us. Mm. And, you know, the, when we say that, I feel it's like so self-righteous in a way. It's like, oh, the 30-30% rule, I'm just always on the 70% rule, but it's like, dude, I'm fucking straight up like... You're the in, reason yeah, that you're someone rule. else's 30% loss. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, okay, so, so get the fuck out of yeah. this. Everyone thinks they're so goddamn important. You know, when you think about the numbers, all the games you play... Yeah. You know how people think it's like, oh, you know, let's say, let's say, let's say people are in their part of their journey, right? Like, yeah. you know how we said that this is like the first, let's say, let's say people play ranked and this is the first time they tried. You know, sometimes people come, this is the first season I tried. Yep, yep, I get that all the time. What happens if, if, um, um, this is the first, uh, let's say you weren't trying last year, but you were in a game with someone trying. Yeah, you were ruining you were, all you these, were games. these games. For ages. Just because, just because you're in the journey right now of ranked, <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's like, it's like, oh, now I have all these other people that are all going to be on the journey of the 70% with yeah. me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's all your perspective. It's yeah. the fucking perspective. So, so, so wake yourself up sometimes. You're not the fucking hero. You're not the center of the universe. You know, I love that quote, how humans mm. are with the center of the mm. universe up until like, you know, a thousand years ago, so whatever. You're in insignificant you're insignificant in the data that riot has in the grand scheme of the games the rank system number. you are absolutely insignificant yeah reality check there for and, people and, and to add on to that nathan what's interesting is that the the whole 30 30 40 it's it's a very general framework yeah that's I, right it's I, de- I, I, never never use it like, yeah. like in a way like don't use it practically no. like this was a 30 percent. i mean you can sometimes very really but Sometimes I do. Sometimes I will say this is a 30% move on when it's very, very, very obvious. Like when I have an AFK, someone's trying to lose the game. I have like a Nunu running down bot, whatever. That's a 30% loss, right? Yeah. But like when, unless it's an obvious troll, like unless it's a fucking really obvious troll, I would never remotely think about that at all. Like I will just get into the details. What is it that I could have done better? It it might've just been a really hard game. You don't even have... Carry. He doesn't have he or she doesn't have the skill set to be able to even determine a a forty percent win or thirty percent. Right. That's right. Forty percent or thirty yeah. percent win. I mean, other than that, if we were to jump in his year, like we would actually have a ninety five percent win or something. That's like right. That, but know? but you know, for the average person, they're only going to climb with yeah. a you know something like that, a seventy yeah. percent win rate at yeah. max. Yeah. So um, don't get bogged down in using the framework. It's a very holistic that's framework. Right. It's that's what I said when we, we we had to address this in one of the ep- yeah. early episodes. Yeah. And I said it's you can use this as a weapon. It's dangerous. Yep. You need to make sure you're not using it as a weapon. Yep. It's just like it just sort of just gives you the reality of it's sort of again a reality of the game of League of Legends that you're going to lose games that are out of your control. Yeah, the, the main reason we made that video is to help people conceptualize really tough losses. That's right. And be honest with themselves that they get free wins. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Not just to only focus on that. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. So I would recommend if you haven't already, there's a, I think there's a literally a BBC episode titled Misuse of the 30-30-40. Yes. I think that's what it's called. Yes. That's if, you just I, in, if you just search 30-30-40, it will come up. Broken by concept or something. And it's on the channel. Yeah. All right. We'll do one more question here. This one's from Caleb. Um, oh no, sorry, not that one. This is another one. Uh, this is from oh, Kenny. Poor, poor Caleb. Yeah, Caleb's gonna watch the next episode. Applying uh, the BBC to other games. Hey, Curtis and Nathan. Hope you handsome fellas are having a wonderful day today. My name's Kenny, and I have a bit of a different question for the mailbag, as it's more of a suggestion. Would you two ever consider consider doing a mini series of applying the BBC philosophy to some other competitive game? Some potential games off the top of my head could be Dota, CSGO, as I heard Curtis mention, he loves CS, Valorant, and even Rocket League. As you two are already amazing players in league, I wouldn't quite call myself amazing, 
Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> good. I feel it would be interesting as a sort of thought experiment to apply and learn an objective, some version of the three block to another competitive game and see how you fare. Um, on one hand, I recognize that some people may then dismiss it if the journey doesn't go perfectly was they ignore the multitude of factors at play. But on the other hand, it would be amazing to see the journey run for potentially a month or so. Then again, we all love leagues, so I can understand that this may be too difficult to fit into your current schedules. Um, that's it. That's a hypothetical curse. What do you think? I think it wouldn't be able to be us, but I think there's someone probably, we, we know there's people who listen to this play other games podcasts that play other games we know that we've had people write in so i think that rather than me and you do it because i just don't think that's feasible for us right now i'm sure if, if there's anyone watching this that is able to to kind of do that maybe they can dabble in whatever game they play and, and play around with a, some form of a process and give us a bit of an update if it changed it helped your journey made you worse made you better be good to hear good, good to hear maybe we can get an email in and then we can share that that learning from other games yeah again um, it's a hypothetical my response to this right mm-hmm. is you know you know he says like you know do it for a month i think that i mean i would never even though we have all these mindsets mm-hmm. and philosophy i would never ever talk about it in relation to any other game because i don't have the full picture of those no. games you know i don't like, know what it's like i don't know what's like like even though even though you know all the stuff we talk about you can apply to real life and stuff I'm not going to apply this and talk about, like even think I have the right to talk about no. personal training or something like that, you know? No. Um, so I would, would, I would never do a mini series, anything like that. I, uh, again, no. I would have to spend years on that. Oh, in, to order, even to, get in order to, to publish even, content to even on talk it, about it. Yeah. You would have to like do it for years. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, but I think that the, the one message that'd be good to push to other games is just uh, learning how to learn through the game. Like, I think there's many games out there that you can better yourself through the game and actually have a more streamlined process towards improvement rather than just grind, 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 grind. Like, I think that is a message that needs to be spread through to other games, whether it be Counter-Strike or whatever. And uh, I think the only... Not the only. I know for a fact that, uh, like, the fighting games, they have a very sophisticated approach to learning. Mm. Like they are probably the most. Is that yeah. they've got the most developed approach to learning out of every game. Is e-sport. it an esport? Yeah, it's an esport. Yeah, out of every esport. Like they, they have got it. Like they know how to get better at that game. There's mm. some really great coaches. Like I've watched some amazing content from, uh, some from the Street Fighter community. It's it's the best content I've seen. Like it shits on league content. Mm. Well, like, again, I think that that goes back to your coaching thing, talking about leagues. It's it's so not a one v one skill thing. Yeah, right? we don't well, like the other sports like have the luxury, like in. like Street Fighter have yeah. the luxury of everything being in your control, so you don't have to deal yeah. with a lot of the noise. Like there's way less noise. We which, have to go over all the psychological stuff at League about yeah. 30 percent rule and stuff like that. Right. Like, oh know. man, the, the psychological thing is huge. It's huge. In these it's games, but it's yeah. it's less less so. Yeah. Than than League, right? Because yeah. it's, you have four other people on your team. Lots of mental blocks. Yeah. And that um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is something that does need to be at least tested. I don't think it will... We're saying that we should test it for a month. Oh, we can't do that we for, can't for do multiple that. reasons. Like the one, we don't have the time, but also, like you said, we don't have the expertise in that given game. Like, oh, well, the other thing as well is even if we were to apply to something for a month, right? Like, let's say we apply the process. It's like uh, what I'll be doing if I was to learn a new game, I'm purely relying on my intuition. I'm, there's no process no, for So me. what I would do, like Dead Set, we're talking about improving another game. Yeah. What I would do is I would play... Like with no process in a way. That's right. To see what doesn't work That's and right. where the where the problems are being caused. Yeah. So like 
I would grind and be like, okay. You'll put like 18 hours a day. I would like grind and be like, okay, this is starting to not work. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm finding problems with this. I'm getting tilted here or like I would start to, because remember everything, like what, what we, what we got to realize, what people have to realize is that everything that Nathan and I have really spoken about, whether it's like by a process or whatever, it's all reverse engineered from, from our experiences. Playing League of Legends playing. and getting good at the game. So it's, it's not like we've pulled it out of thin air. No. It's like, okay, we've done many things. We failed many times. And then like some things worked for us. And then we've kind of like, like looked at what worked and how we can replicate that and like go from there. Anyway, and, and so I think that in order for us to figure that out in another game, you would have to grind the hell out of a game. Yeah, you'd have to get to the top of the level. Trying I, I to get can't, as far as you possibly can. I, I could never talk about it. And then, and then figure out the problems, what the pain points are, hmm. what's the, like, what, what am I struggling with? Because the whole point of the three block, really, it stemmed from loss streaks. Managing tilt. Managing tilt and, and loss streaks and, and not you know, going losing 18 games in a row. That's, that's the main one. Right? That's where it all really stemmed from. Like, why don't we just play in a block of three and then I don't have to, I don't have to sabotage my LP. That's right. Simple. Yeah. And, but it happens to be a, a beautiful amount of time to get. Just for the time of the game as well. And then it's like times, three intensity. games. It's like, do you three block in Street Fighter? It's like, what does that look to. like? Yeah, you know? wouldn't need to. And also in, in other servers, like in Korea, you wouldn't do a three block either because the time, the, the games are so short. Mm. You could, there's no point. Like you, again, you get more games in. Yeah. You can, you can stay high intensity for longer because, and the games are shorter like you're getting 15 you know, 20 minute games yeah. in, on repeat not for longer the same time but in that same time you get more games you get more games yeah yeah. so it's, it's, it think of it in a pragmatic sense you know that's right it's not just pulled out of our ass yeah something definitely to think about and we'll probably see these in the future other content creators come out with their own unique take on, on, on processes well it's like broken by concept like Counter-Strike edition. We have a franchise. You know, we do a franchise. Yeah. Maybe we we do that one day. Maybe we do get a Counter-Strike coach one day. To talk about it. To talk about it. That would be interesting. How cool would that be? That would be. To share like what their findings are in their games. Well, like teaching someone that's learning the game. Yeah. Yeah. What do they do? How do they approach teaching? What struggles have they bumped into and stuff? Yeah. That'd be really interesting. It's interesting. All right. Well, that's it for this episode, everyone. Good work. Episode 100 is fast approaching. We're going to have some exciting things, hopefully, in there. Any other comments, Curtis, to wrap it up? Book club, as per usual. And uh, go Max Verstappen. Curtis is a huge Red Bull fan. As we saw from his hat, his merchandise. All right. Good work, everyone. We'll see you in our next episode.